So it sounds like, first of all, that we have many different <laughs> levels here. So we have from people saying, how do I get my butt on the cushion? To once my butt is on the cushion, how do I get the mind to start doing what it wants? To when my mind and butt are kind of together, depending on the time of day it'll work or not, to when my mind starts reaching a subtler object, how do I make the transition into an even subtler object? So this is kind of like a telescopic, telescopic kind of thing, which is good. So almost like I should talk about from the beginning to the end of the path, okay? Um, so really quickly, just to kind of hit some points, there's nobody that can force us to practice, unfortunately. Um, unless you encounter a Zen master and live with them like I did, and they just push you so deep into your suffering that you have to practice. Um, and that's not necessarily the easiest way to do it. But um, we are stubborn folk, us humans, and sometimes we need that. So, you know... Seth said I should go live with Thich Nhat Hanh. <laughs> um, I don't know if he would do it. His community is actually quite pleasant. So. <laughs> so honestly, meditation, it's something that only works in terms of you'll keep doing it because you enjoy doing it. Um, this is something that I can tell you that goes from the beginning of the path to the end of the path, that effort is your enemy. And I'll kind of get more into that later. But effort is your enemy. And I say that because that, that willpower, that pushing, forcing yourself, pure effort, I guess I could call it, um, it's exhausting, if you've noticed. Yeah? And it's not sustainable. And the things in our lives that we, gung-ho, I'm going to go to the gym every day, and New Year's resolutions, and this, and it, it burns fast, and it burns bright, and then it's burnt out. Yeah, so we need to find another motivation than should. I should meditate. Yeah, if we should all over ourselves, it starts getting heavy. Yeah, so you meditate because in any given moment, you'll just feel right now, it would feel really good just to sit and take a couple breaths. So I would say, I, I release you from the understanding that you have to have a regular practice, that that's what it means to be a good practitioner. I want to, I release you from that program. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, and I want to now encourage you to really just, throughout your days, if there's ever a day or a moment or a time where you just feel, I'd like to sit right now, even if you're on a bench outside or you're sitting in your room, whenever, then just do it. Just do it when it feels good. Do it when you want to do it. Yeah, so this practice should not be something that we're pushing. Our, we have enough stuff like that in our lives, right? This is not another excuse to beat yourself up, to push yourself down, to judge yourself for not doing it, or think I should do it or I want to do it. You, you do it only when it feels good. And slowly that momentum will start to build that you'll then want to do it more often because it feels good, because meditation for you becomes a nice place, a place where you're with Joan and you're happy to be there and it feels good. And that's what will kind of start to roll that karmic ball forward that you'll want it more and more and more because it's a good feeling. Um, so I would give you that advice. So moving forward from that, but on that same vein, 
when we're sitting and it feels good to sit, that's actually when the mind starts becoming present all by itself. So if we're seeing that we sit, you know, often or not often, but the mind is crazy, um, there's a couple things to say to that. The first thing is, again, I mentioned karma. So when you close your eyes and you see how your mind is spinning, that, that movement, that momentum, that's your karma. So it's like if you push a ball and then the ball's rolling across the floor, that's karma, is that you put a force into this thing and this thing now is reacting, it's moving. So if we sit down and our mind is going crazy, that's our karma. And then the question is, what am I doing? How am I living my daily life? What is my experience with myself or with my world? That's creating that agitation and irritation. It's a wrong understanding that meditation and daily life are two separate things. It's the same mind. It's your mind is with you when you walked in here and when you sit down here. So if you were downstairs and you, you know, yell at the store owner and you stole a crystal or something and you come up and sit and try to meditate, that stuff's going to be spinning around in your mind. So when we sit and our mind it's really agitated, instead of thinking, oh, I can't meditate or my meditation is wrong, it's actually helpful to think, what does my daily life look like? How am I living my life that my mind is so active and busy, kind of messy? Um, and in Buddhism, we actually say sila samadhi panya, which means that we actually start with behavioral and life kind of uh, rules. So we, you know, there's no killing, there's no stealing, there's no lying. Like we start putting our life in order. We stop doing things that are harmful to ourselves and to others. We start giving. If you ever go to a monastery, the children, the first thing they do, it's they serve, they give. Learning how to give, to serve, to live your life in a way that feels good for you, that you feel comfortable in your own skin, that you're creating positive energy in yourself and in the world around you. This naturally starts to lead towards a meditative state because you just feel happy to be here. You don't feel guilty. You don't feel ashamed of things. You're not fighting stuff in your mind. You're not angry all that you're you really start to actually just enjoy being where you are. And meditation is nothing other than just enjoying being where you are. It gets deeper, but that's actually kind of just the point. Is that you have to get yourself also in your life to a place that you feel good, that you feel okay, and then you'll sit to meditate and you already have built up that positive energy. I taught meditation. So I teach also in schools um, around the area, mindfulness and for teachers and students. Uh, I did this in Germany too. And there was a class in Germany that I talked to and I um, led them and, you know, was, I think like middle schoolers or something, right? So what were they, like 12, right? I led them in a meditation and then afterwards I said, you know, how was it? And there was this little Vietnamese girl sitting in the front of the class and she's like, you know, I just closed my eyes and, and everything disappeared and I just saw this big light and I just felt peace, just peace. And what this girl is describing, it's a state called a jhana, which in Buddhism, it's like the pretty far out advanced meditative realization. Like when you there's, you know, people that I know that have gone to Burma and sat for 20 years in the jungle, huffing and puffing, trying to get their concentration up. 
and never could reach the state that they're trying to get to, these jhanas, when, when the mind unifies and just becomes luminous. And this little girl, first time ever meditating, 10-minute meditation, hits it. You know, and sure, maybe it was a fluke, right? I mean, of course, why not? But I really, just from looking at her and feeling as she was speaking her energy, she seemed just like a very pure soul. She seemed just very gentle, very open, very kind, very happy. And when she turned inward, the mind was just so, ah, just happy to go into that place. And it just took off for her, you know? And being in all these monasteries around the world, I've seen also a lot of monks, these kind of, like older gruff guys, they've maybe been in the monastery for like, you know, 30 years or something. They're maybe even senior monks, something. They're, they're kind of grumpy and they sit and, you know, you see that and they don't have it. They don't, you know. And it's like, it doesn't matter what position you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it per se. It's really more about the how. What is your approach? What is the energy you're bringing into it? Um, the time of day is definitely important. Um, when I've done like my rains retreats, which is monks once a year, they go for three months into deep retreat and just kind of stay in one place. Um, and I, you know, meditate for, you know, five to 10 hours a day or whatever it is. I would notice that, um, you know, in the morning I'd be kind of groggy and it wouldn't really be working. Around 10 o'clock, my mind would start to activate and really deepen and be focused. Then it was lunchtime. After lunch, which is like now actually, my biorhythm would drop and I would get really tired. So this is actually the worst time for us to be doing this class today. Just yeah. <laughs> my biorhythm would drop and I'd become tired. And I actually started saying, you know, instead of trying to meditate and fighting that sleepiness, take a nap. Take a nap, relax, wake up, you know, and then you can meditate afterwards. Um, don't fight that, you know? And then I would actually see that, and then the afternoons for me, also my mind was kind of like, blah, like it wasn't either here nor there. I was kind of eh, irritated, not interested, foggy. And then kind of from what would be dinner time, like, at, like as the sun was setting, until I would even say like one in the morning, that's when my meditation would really start to take off, would be kind of as it was starting to get dark, as the world was starting to go to sleep, turn inward then naturally I would kind of find that really beautiful, still luminous place for myself. Um, everyone has a bit of a different biorhythm. So if you notice that there's a certain time of the day that works for you, then that's the time that you should try to meditate, right? And not think if you can't meditate at the other times, somehow you're doing it wrong. Um, and afternoon times, it's, I mean, they've done studies on this that, you know, um, like parole boards, they've done studies and before and after lunch. And they said judges have grant, grant like maybe 30 to 40% of paroles before lunch. After lunch, it's about 0%. <laughs> um, and it's just, it's crazy. But it's really just that, you know, we, at that time, we're just like, we're just not interested to be alive. We're just like grumpy and not happy and we just want to sleep. And yeah, and, and it shows. And there's a lot of studies about different things that show that period for everybody. It's just like, no, you don't get much work done. It's just kind of, uh, you know, so... That's normal, okay? So moving forward into then actually getting into like the deeper parts of the practice, and, and it's all connected. Um, so as we sit, we relax. It feels good to be here, right? Um, it's a good time of day for us. It's a nice setup, you know. We try to get all the conditions in place the best we can, right? And then we sit. So the first thing we can do wrong when we sit is try to meditate, okay? If you try to meditate, you've already lost the game. 
So the best piece of advice Achim Brahm gave me when he came to my monastery and I talked to him, and I said, yeah, I'm trying to meditate every morning and it's not working. And he goes, well, then just throw the meditation out the window. He said, just sit and relax. And I was like, okay, sounds pretty simple. And I sat down and I started to relax. And then my mind went, but, but I, I need to focus on the breath. And I said, no, I'm just going to sit and relax. And the mind said, but, but. And my mind kept, but, but, but. It said, but I have to do something, right? I have to do something. It can't be that easy. I have to do something. And I kind of was face to face with my inner control freak, I guess we could say. That part of me that thinks there's something to fix, something to better, something to do, something to change. If I didn't have to do anything, then why aren't I happy all day long? Because I'm not doing anything all day long. So why isn't it working all day? So when I meditate, I think now is the time I have to do something, but it's actually the opposite. When you sit, that's the time to stop doing. That's the time to just let go and relax. So if I can give anybody here a piece of advice for today, is that when we meditate, just relax. Smile. Don't try to meditate. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't think, oh, my breath and I can't move my legs. Oh my God. You know, don't be hard. Don't push. Just relax. Just sit here and relax. If there's a thought, yeah, okay. Then I'm thinking, oh, okay, it's that. Oh, now I'm wondering if this is right. Oh, that's doubt. Oh, hi, doubt. Cool. Oh, there's pain in the legs. Oh, great. Pain. Yeah, I know that. And just whatever comes, just kind of like, yeah, okay, fine. And just relax. And what happens is that you start to build up a new karma, a new momentum. And that's the momentum of contentment. That's the momentum of everything's okay. It's a feeling. And this is going to come into your question. And this is one of the biggest kind of blind spots I've seen for Western practitioners. Is they do not understand that feelings are involved in meditation. Is that we often think it's about an object. Right? An object. I know like the Japanese meditate, right? It's this very strict and this object. Your breath is your object or a, a koan is your object or, you know, the body sensations. The thing that the Buddha himself actually said in the Anapanasati Sutta, which is his teaching on meditation or in and out breathing, is that he said that you feel the breath, you feel the body kind of rising, you feel the body breathing, and then you feel the breath coming in and out, and then you start to feel joyful. Then you start to feel elated, then you start to feel ecstatic, then it starts to really deepen that actually the breath, it's a very gross meditation object, gross to subtle, right? It's, it's a part of our physical experience, the feeling of the breath. But what happens is that you need to start feeling peaceful, start feeling content, start feeling happiness in and around that breath. And that good feeling, that emotional response of, ooh, this feels good, the mind then naturally starts to get sucked into that. And it concentrates. And eventually the breath itself will even drop away. And it's just the peace and the contentment that sinks the mind deeper. Because the emotional side, the feelings of pleasure, those are more subtle than the breath. And that's that stepping stool that you're talking about. That it's not going from breath to space. It's actually arising that emotion arising that good feeling and bringing that in breathing in i relax breathing out i feel at peace oh, offering this oh god i'm so happy i don't have to answer the phones or talk to anybody right now or do anything it's so nice just to sit here and relax and release let go oh my god this feels so good and eventually that good feeling just starts merging with the breathing 
And then eventually the breath just starts to fade away and it's just that good feeling. And that's what the mind then sinks into. And then that expands and it's like a positive feedback loop that it starts to feel so good. And then the mind wants more of it and the mind wakes up more and there's more energy. And the more energy and awake the mind is the more the mind can sink into that feeling and they feed off of each other. And that's when you get these monks that can sit for hours and hours and hours. That's purely because it's blissful. The times that I've had these, you know, three, four hour meditations, it was so blissful. I, was, I had the biggest smile. If you had seen me, I would have just had the biggest smile on my face. Seriously, because it feels so good. Meditation has to feel good for it to be successful. Meditation feels good. If you're not bringing feeling into your meditation, you are missing the point. Yeah. And this is really, 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 really important. So again, Achin Brahm, he said, meditation, it's a feely, feely process. You, you feel your way into it. You don't think your way into it. You don't force your way. You don't push your way. You feel, you sit and you feel, feel yourself. How does it feel to relax, to let go? Again, this could be a potential difficulty because I say this and we're all like, great, let's go. And you sit and the first thing it's like, it's not working. <laughs> I'm frustrated. I'm bored. Where's that peace and good ecstatic feeling Seth was talking about, right? And that's kind of now we start getting into the how, okay? So the how is don't push, don't force, don't try, don't fight. If you sit and it's not working, you say, fine, then don't work. I don't want to meditate anyway. I'm just going to sit here and relax. But I'm feeling restless. Oh, hi, restlessness. Cool. Come sit with me. Join me. I didn't want to meditate anyway, restlessness. Fine, be here. <laughs> yeah? My mind is thinking, oh, that's amazing. Oh, mind, yeah, you're thinking again. What else is new? Cool. Well, you keep on thinking. I'm not actually interested in you. I'm just here to relax. So think as much as you want. Whatever comes into your experience, just say, it's not really my business. It's okay. I'm cool with you if you're cool with me. Yeah, and that really starts building up that mind of releasing, relinquishing, letting go. And that's building up that karma that slowly the mind's going to be letting go of everything that comes, including the sense of self, including willpower, including the feeling of sitting here, including the breath. That it'll let go eventually of everything. And that's actually called enlightenment then. You've let it all go. Yeah, so that's the path. If you want to let go at the end, start letting go at the beginning. If you want peace at the end, start making peace at the beginning. Yeah, that's why they say happiness is the way. It's not like when I get there, I'll be happy, but here I'm pissed off. No. You have to right now start changing your relationship to your own experience to fit with where you want to be at the end of the road. Yeah? So already right now, start making peace. Uh, Achim Brahm, again, he said, be kind, be gentle, and make peace. He said those, that's the how. The how of meditation. In Buddhism, there's the eightfold path. The second fold it's called right intention. What is our intention? And the translation of the right intention, it's being kind, being gentle, and making peace. So whatever comes up, be kind to it. Be gentle. Make peace with it. My leg hurts. Be kind. Oh, leg, what can I do? Do you need to move? Should I put you? Should I stick? No? 
No, there's nothing I can do. You're going to hurt, whatever. Okay, then I'm going to make peace with you because I can't help you. So I'll make peace with you and just let you go. Yeah, I'm frustrated. Oh, frustration. What can I do for you? Well, we're sitting here. I don't, can't really go. Like, what? Yeah, is there? I'm, I'm listening to you. Whatever you want to tell me, I'm here. But, you know, okay, okay, thank you. Just, you know, that you start to build up a bit of a, it's not even so much of an internal dialogue because that's a very busy process, but it's more of just whatever comes. I feel almost like I'm a martial artist, you know, and people are trying to punch me and kick me, and I just know how to kind of stay centered and just guide those punches and kicks like around me. It's kind of that feeling. Just different things are going to come up, and you just kind of really gently just say, okay, thank you, make peace with it. Oh, yes, oh, you're right. Oh, yes, this is very hard. Oh, yeah, I am failing. Yep, you're right. Oh, yeah, I will never meditate. You're right, cool. Okay, then I guess I'll just sit here, you know. Whatever is thrown your way, just agree with it. Yeah, oh, you're right. Cool, yeah, oh, I'm terrible, yeah, okay. You know, but then it, everything, it loses its power. Everything starts losing its power, yeah? And then you start to create a peaceful, happy, content mind, and then that's really what energy starts building and kind of expanding, okay? So that's kind of like the trick. The trick is that whole how part, being kind, gentle, peace, whatever's going on. Don't try to become peaceful. Make peace with whatever's happening. Yeah? Don't try to have a quiet mind. Don't fight against whatever's happening. Yeah? So don't focus on where you're trying to go. Focus on how you're trying to get there. It's a process. Focus on the how. Yeah? And if you focus on the how, just relax. There's nothing to do. Whatever comes up. Okay, great. Eventually, you will. There is nowhere else to go except there you will just naturally sink down into that place. Okay? So we're going to sit. Um, so it's almost 2 o'clock. So yeah, we'll do maybe even just a 20-minute sit and then a 20-minute walk. And then we can do questions and then people can go do their meter stuff. And then we'll come back and then maybe we'll sit for a half an hour and then we'll kind of do it like that, okay? Okay.